Hello everyone, this is Rich Sports Talk, sports talk worth a million, and I'm your host, Nolan Rich. Thank you for joining us wherever you are listening, and of course, day one of the NFL Draft, round one, is officially in the books from Nashville, and this draft did not disappoint. We talked about the injury, we talked about teams that would be interesting in this draft, and oh boy, there was a lot of them. And I'll get to the team that I think a lot of you are going to be saying, well, why aren't you talking about them or the team that was the biggest talking point last night? But I'm saving them for last. So last night in the NFL draft, I'm going to do a recap of what teams I think would do best. Because first of all, I think a lot of experts, you like to just weigh the first round. I like to weigh the entire draft. This really is just an episode of some of my observations from last night, but I will promise you I will get in-depth with every team after the draft. Make sure to follow so you don't miss any of that. But there was a couple things last night that really stood out to me and that were very important. And I wanted to make a couple footnotes about a couple key teams that moved through the draft. One team that stuck out to me was Seattle. Seattle came in with the least amount of draft capital coming into this week, but they traded a pass rusher got a first-round pick from Kansas City, and they've really been moving around the draft and are able to get nine picks as of now. I will not be surprised if they move back even further to get more draft capital, and it makes a lot of sense. They're doing what you have to do when you're paying a quarterback a lot of money, and I'll get to Green Bay in a minute, but it's very similar to these two teams. They understand, look, we're paying the quarterback top dollar. We cannot afford to bring in a lot of pieces, so we have to draft and draft incredibly well. And Seattle has put themselves in a position to do just that. They've done a very good job moving around the draft. They got a nice pass rusher in the first round. And I really liked what they are doing because they are accumulating picks. And this was a team, look, they are hamstrung with what they can do with the Russell Wilson contract. And I do like what they are doing. I thought that they moved incredibly well, got a lot of great value in this draft, and got a lot of great draft capital. And more importantly, they're sitting in this prime spot here on day two, rounds two to three, to get a lot of good players. I think that they do a very good job drafting. So I really like what they are doing. Speaking of Green Bay, I also liked what they are doing. They got two stars on the defensive side of the ball, did a really nice job moving throughout the draft. But here's the thing, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think can have any more excuses. And I understand they didn't get any playmakers for him in this draft. But what have they done these last two years and what have they done in free agency this year and in this year's draft? They have gone out and they have gotten defensive pieces to build around him. You look, what's been the biggest complaint about Aaron Rodgers? He doesn't have a defense. Well, they've spent a lot of draft capital on prospects that I really like. They got great value with Gary at 12, who I thought was going to be a top 10 pick. They got one of my favorite safeties out of this draft. I thought they did an incredible job of getting value and getting good defensive pieces. I'm telling you, that Green Bay defense, it might not be a defense with a lot of big names on it, but that's going to be a very good defense next year. Mike Penn, of course, their defensive coordinator. I'm really excited to see what they do, and I still think the Packers are going to be the team to beat. Not the Bears. I think the Bears, their schedule is incredibly hard. I'm not sold on Mitch Trubisky. I think that last year was a lot of smoke and mirrors. And look, I think the Packers have really closed the gap with a lot of great defensive players. And look, a lot of these the teams in this draft, I'm going to get to in the more, uh, um, you know, macro picture once the draft is over. It's very hard to just take a snapshot with the micro, but let's be honest, the story of this draft in the first round was about two teams, two teams that ended up with three first round picks. The Oakland Raiders, I thought actually did a very good job. Now they had the first surprise in the draft. 
drafting uh, Farrell at the number four spot. A lot of people thought they were going to get it with Josh Allen. Uh, to me, this was a good pick. I know a lot of people were surprised, but look, they're probably going to play a 4-3. I think that he fits. he's the best 4-3 end prospect at this time. he got a lot of edge rushers that are better in a 3-4. So I really like that. But one thing I liked about the Raiders is they were consistent. Look at the three players they drafted in this draft. High character guys, team captains, well-respected in their locker rooms, guys that are high character, that are all about football, that buy in. You look, these are prospects that not only are talented, fill needs, but they're high character guys. And I really do think Gruden is trying to change the culture, and these are guys you want to do it. He gets his number one running back and a versatile running back. And really, the only running back I would even consider in the first round, I know running backs, I'm not a huge fan of taking them, but with the 24th pick and with three first-round picks and with a glaring need, especially now with Marshawn Lynch retiring, I think it's a great pick for getting a good running back. They get a good safety. And you look, what were the three biggest needs for the Raiders coming into this draft? A pass rusher, a running back, and a safety. They checked all the boxes with their first three picks, did an absolutely incredible job. And look, there's going to be a lot of critics of John Gruden. I've been one of them. There's going to be a lot of critics of Mike Mayock. But so far through this first round, they did a great job. They didn't panic. Some people say they reached for Farrell at four. It could have been a little bit of a reach, yes, but he fits what their defense wants to be. It fits the scheme better. And to me, he's a great character guy. He's one of the guys, the few guys in this draft that doesn't have really a lot of question marks for him. He's just going to come in and be a solid player. He might not be a guy that gets 15 sacks, but I do think he'll be a good starter from day one. And you look, they're bringing a lot of high IQ, high character guys, and that's what I think Gruden wants to do on this team, and I really like that. Meanwhile, (laughs) the other team, oh boy. Now, for those of you who have been following me, you know I've been saying Daniel Jones to the Giants for a while now with my second pick in the first round. I've gotten a lot of feedback about that saying, oh, they're not going to take Daniel Jones. They're not going to take Daniel Jones. And I'm going to preface this by saying this. I've been a fan and a supporter of Daniel Jones. And if you've been following me, I was about midway through the football season. I did a piece specifically on Daniel Jones saying, look, he could be a prospect to keep an eye on in the NFL draft. Now, at the time, the reason I was doing this was just after Justin Herbert had decided to stay in school, and I'm look, I was looking at this draft class with the quarterbacks, and I was looking, I said, this really is not a great quarterback class, and I said that before the draft, and I said this coming in. Last year's draft class, you had four starters and really a fifth guy with Jackson, who I thought could use some time, but look, he'd gotten a lot of experience and was an incredible athlete. This year, I looked at every single prospect. And to me, there really only was one guy I thought was a first-round pick, and that was Dwayne Haskins. Because a lot of these guys, they have a lot of faux pas. With Murray, it's the size. With Haskins, it's the athleticism. But for those two, for me, the biggest knocks on them was their experience. They were only one-year starters. And look, they were fantastic in that year. But the NFL, you need a lot of experience. You look, a lot of these guys that only start one year in college they struggle at the next level because they're not used to the reps. I mean, you look at guys like Mark Sanchez have struggled adjusting to the next level. Even Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky, we forget, he looked like a disaster in Chicago until they brought in Matt Nagy last year. And even last year, they had to do a lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of trick plays. 
it really was a lot based on the offensive corner, and they had a great defense. So I look at these guys, and I said, look, these are guys, and I said this coming into this draft, the problem is going to be you're going to draft in the first round. They're going to be expected to play. They really could use a good year, maybe two, to sit on the bench. And I said with Daniel Jones, he's going to get picked in the first round. A lot of people thought it was crazy. I said, look, one of the reasons he's going to get picked is the lack of quarterbacks in this draft. There's a lot of question marks with all these guys. And for me, he seemed like the safest. You look at him, he fits the mold of what a quarterback you're looking for in the modern day. To me, he fit that role more than a lot of these other guys. Bigger, stronger athlete, a little bit more mobile. Not an incredible athlete, but more mobile. Could move in the pocket. Had started three years in college. And look, against the best teams, I understand he struggled. And I understand he was less than a 60% thrower in big games. That was concerning. But I said, look, as a project, I think he's a good take. If you could get this kid in the second round or the back end of the first round, because I said take him in the back end, that way you can get the fifth-year option on him in case he becomes a good prospect. That's where I would take him. I said with the Giants, too, like even in my mock drafts, they were going to take a trade up and take him at 11 or 12. And I thought that was high, but I said, look, there's a lot of teams. They're going to need a quarterback soon, and I think they might roll the dice and take Daniel Jones. I never in my wildest dreams thought that the Giants would take Daniel Jones with a six-overall pick. And the thing about it is, I know general managers will never be forthcoming with us, but Dave Gettleman could be a politician with how he blatantly says one thing and then goes and does a complete 180. One reason I think Giant fans were upset with Gettleman last night is because over the last couple of months, he has sold the fan base on one thing and then done a complete 180. Odell Beckham, we didn't sign him to trade him. Then a month later, they traded him. All throughout this draft process, uh, we don't necessarily need a quarterback. We're sticking with Eli unless we're completely blown away with a guy. We're not desperate for a quarterback. And a lot of Giant fans, let's be honest, when you look at football fans, what do they watch? They've seen Dwayne Haskins. They saw him because he was at Ohio State, the Big Ten, and played in big games. How many of Giant fans have seen Duke games? Let's be honest. So they understand who Dwayne Haskins is. They've seen the stats. They understand he's a good prospect. And to me, he was the best quarterback prospect in this draft. And he's sitting for them there at six. He's a kid from New Jersey. I mean, not from New Jersey. I'm sorry. He's from the Maryland area. But he said, look, he wanted to be a Giant. He posted that Instagram post, I believe it was three months ago, saying, I want to be a New York Giant. And the New York Giants take Daniel Jones. And even last night, David Gettleman said, I fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl. Um, hmm. Interestingly enough, the Giants have now drafted three Senior Bowl MVPs, Davis Webb and Kyle Loletta. Both have not seen the field yet. Look, the Senior Bowl is a nice way. The way I look at the Senior Bowl is this. It can be a place where you can get confirmation or you can find prospects that you didn't get a chance to really see. The Giants, it was well noted this entire season, they'd been in Oregon looking at Justin Herbert. They'd sent scouts there. And, of course, Herbert decided to stay. They'd sent scouts to Ohio State. And they had Dwayne Haskins there. I never heard any reports that they really liked uh, Daniel Jones. The talk started at the Senior Bowl. 
and then got louder after the combine and then got louder after the pro day. And I said, are they looking at the tape? The one thing I said about Daniel Jones in this entire process was this. I said, look, if the Giants feel that Haskins will not be good sitting behind Eli for a year and Jones will be more willing to take that role of being a guy to develop, then I thought it would be a better fit. But here's the problem right now. Gettleman doesn't have stock with this fan base. He doesn't have stock with this ownership. And I said coming into this draft, he's going to have to draft a quarterback because the worst thing will be next year if they don't have a future quarterback plan. But man, once again, he goes away from the strength in the draft. I've been on the record saying they messed up by not taking Sam Darnold last year. I'm grateful as a Jet fan he fell to the Jets. But I kept saying about Saquon, look, Saquon is a great talent. He's a great football player. But a franchise quarterback you have for 15 years, a great running back you maybe get seven or eight great years of. And you can find running backs in the second round, in the third round, in the fourth round. It's hard to find franchise quarterbacks late in the draft. There are, of course, examples of them being there in the draft, but the vast majority come in the first round. And for the Giants, watching the draft, I was sitting on my couch and I was saying, they're going to draft Daniel Jones and this fan base is going to lose their mind. And that's exactly what happened. And look, I'm not saying an ownership should react to the reactions of their fan base, but I think the fan base is well-educated enough to say Dwayne Haskins was the better quarterback prospect. And this is what I've been saying about he didn't go with the strength of draft. Last year was all about the quarterbacks, right? We saw five played last year, five in the first round, and all five, even Josh Rosen to an extent, look like they can play in this league. But he didn't go quarterback, he went running back. This year, it was about pass rushers, and wouldn't you know it, Josh Allen fell to the Giants at six. And I had been saying he is the most disrupted 3-4 edge rusher in the entire draft. And I was as a Jet fan sitting there saying, man, what's going to happen is the Giants are going to draft Allen. He's going to get 12 and a half sacks, 13 sacks next year. And Jet fans are going to be upset about Quinton Williams. Because look, Quinton Williams will be a dominant player. He'll be a good run stuffer. He might get seven or eight sacks next year. But people are going to look at Josh Allen with the Giants saying, man, Williams isn't a great pass rusher. Even though he does a lot on that defense, he will do a lot. I think it was a great pick for the Jets in terms of their value. But I said, look, the Giants are going to draft Josh Allen. He's going to get double-digit sacks next year, and all Jet fans are going to say, ah, could have had that guy. But instead, the Giants go with uh, Jones there. And I'm of the opinion that if you love a quarterback, you take him wherever, and I get that. But here's the other problem I have with the Giants. They had the 17th pick. You saw teams move up. You can't tell me you couldn't have drafted the best defensive player at 6 and then move up to 9 or 10 and trade the 17th pick and move a couple of your later round picks when you have 12 draft picks to move up and get Jones. Especially with Haskins still there on the board. The way I looked at it too is the Giants were the only team that had Jones ahead of Haskins. And Haskins falls all the way to Washington. 
And oh boy, I think that was another thing that last night, why another reason why Giant fans are so upset today. And I'll get to their later picks, but Haskins, I think, is the quarterback everyone wanted. Now he's in Washington. And I am worried that they're going to throw him over his head. But man, Washington, they're another winner of this draft. And I'm going to just talk about Washington real quick, and then I'll get back to the Giants. But Washington last night, they waited at 15, and they got a franchise potential quarterback. Think about all the things Washington has gone through in the last year. They were in control of the NFC East, then Alex Smith shatters his leg and probably will never play football again. They had to go to four quarterbacks to finish out the season, and their best option coming in this year was Case Keenum. Now, all of a sudden... What many people, including myself, think is the best quarterback prospect in this draft falls into their lap. I am worried that he will play day one. I don't think any of these quarterbacks, and even that's Kyler Murray, I don't think any of these guys should be playing week one. I think that they should be coming in week seven or eight. But it could get bad for the Giants, especially Gelman, because if we're sitting here at the end of next season and Jones hasn't played or has played poorly and Haskins looks good and competent in Washington, That's not going to look good for the Giants. And I also like the fact that they went out and got a pass rusher. They traded back into the first round to get Sweat at 26, who's a top 10 talent. They got a guy that can throw the ball and get a guy that can get the quarterback. The two biggest needs you need, quarterback and pass rusher. Redskins checked both boxes last night. Meanwhile, for the Giants, they had a great chance to get a great pass rusher twice. They didn't do it. At 17... They got Dexter, They got Lawrence from uh, Clemson. And I love Lawrence. I think he's a great nose tackle and the best in this class. But the problem is the Giants already have two nose tackles. They need a pass rusher, and they didn't get it. And there was guys like Sweat there. There was guys that, look, I understand that they would have gotten the guy Burns from Florida State, got nabbed the pick right before him. I think that's who the Giants were banking on. He didn't get there. But if you're the Giants and there isn't a pass rusher you love there, trade back a couple picks. They could have gone Fant, the great tight end. They, there was a lot of different options they could have gone with and get a nose tackle in one of the few positions on the defense where they actually have bodies there. So I look at this draft, and I just don't think the Giants get it. They trade back in to get the number one corner in the draft, and look, it was a good pick, but here's my problem with it. The strength of this draft is the second round and the third round, and they traded two of those picks to move up and get him. And look, he'll be a day one star, and he's probably, of all the be- the picks in the first round for the Giants, he's probably was the best one. But you could have gotten a good corner in the second round. And I, to me, the Giants just didn't get value. They overreach for both a nose tackle, a quarterback, and arguably a cornerback. And here's the thing working against Gettleman. And I said it before the draft that he needed to get a quarterback moving forward. Or at the very, very least, put a roster around Eli that even if Eli struggled, Giant fans in the front office could say, at least Gettleman, he's built a good team. He's built a good foundation for us. And right now, I don't think he's done either of that. And for those people saying, well, and this was my favorite comment of the night last night, was Gettleman was in a post-interview saying, well, we could go there and Rogers' plan could have him sit for three years. Wait, what? He's going to sit for three years. Um, Dave, I don't think you realize this, but um, you're not going to have three years to wait. 
for two very important reasons. Actually, let me think about it. Three important reasons. Number one, I don't think Eli's going to last three more years. That's number one. Number two, you're on the hot seat. You are on the hot seat because last year, in the draft, in a rich quarterback class, you sent a message to the Giants fan base that they were close to the playoffs because you drafted a running back number two overall and said he was the missing piece to getting back to the postseason. And you had a disaster of a season last year. Then you told them in the offseason, we're not trading the best player in the franchise player. And then you traded him to Cleveland for what is now basically a nose tackle from Clemson in a position where you already had two nose tackles. I'm telling you, this giant fan base, they are turning on Gettleman. And if it is another bad season, I mean, this is a team that has missed the postseason six of the last seven years. If they miss the postseason and it gets ugly, and Jones, especially if Jones does not play well, I mean, he might have the plan that Jones can sit for three years. I know the Giants are a conservative organization and have in the past shown that they will give a guy a year too long then get rid of him a year early. But if it goes bad again, I'm just saying like Gettleman might be out of a job next year because the problem is right now the Jets look like the more competent organization in New York because they have their franchise quarterback. They drafted the best defensive player in the draft last night. They understood the importance of value in the draft. And the big thing, too, is they have marquee players. They have players you want to see. The one thing the Giants had forever over the Jets, especially when they were both bad last couple of years, at least they had Odell. They had one of the top five most popular players in the NFL, and they just traded him to Cleveland for a 17th pick that I was like, okay, they might use this to go up and get a quarterback or get Dwayne Haskins. But instead, they got a nose tackle in a position where they already have two nose tackles. I mean, the Giants, to me, it made no sense. Everything about this draft that was built for this giant team to rebuild, they've done the complete opposite. It was a great pass rusher class. And arguably the best 3-4 edge rusher fell to them at 6. They passed on him. They had another chance to get an edge rusher at 17. They passed on him or them. Then they had a chance to have multiple picks on day two where there's a lot of great BB-minus players. They traded up to get a corner at the back end of the first round. Everything the Giants did last night made you scratch your head. And this goes back to the Raiders. Both these teams had three first-round picks. And while you might not agree with the first pick for the Raiders, you can agree on this. The Raiders have a plan and a blueprint. And look... If there's a team that's looked more dysfunctional over the last 12 months, I I can't think of it. A lot of people like to bash on the Raiders, but last night they showed, hey, John Gruden and Mike Mayock, people might not love them, people might think they're crazy, but they have a plan. You walked out of the draft last night as a Giant fan, and I just saw all the reactions of Giant fans. To me, the biggest reason why people were upset, it wasn't necessarily Daniel Jones at six. It was that they walked out of the draft last night saying this team does not have a plan. They do not have a plan because they don't understand value. They don't understand what they're supposed to be looking for. 
I mean, think about it. They reach for a quarterback at six, and people are saying, well, he can sit for three years. No, he can't. You draft a quarterback in this day and age in the first round, he's got to play in the first year. You draft him in the top 10, if you draft a quarterback in the top 10, you're telling your fan base, we expect him, if he's not starting week one, he's starting very early in the season next year. And the Giants are selling, well, he's a little bit of a project. We can sit him for a couple of years. Not when you take him with the sixth pick. Not when you take him with the sixth pick. I want to remind you, Giant fans were clamoring last year for Kyle Aletta, a late-round pick. They were clamoring the year before for... Uh, trying to remember the name of I said it earlier but it was the quarterback that uh yeah I'll think of the name Lair of course when I'm done with the podcast but it was the quarterback I also said was the MVP of the senior bowl and instead they started Geno Smith they were clamoring for him to start I mean you look giant fans are getting fed up with Eli I know they want to change but I'm not sure Daniel Jones is the best move to to get Look, if they got him at 17, they got him in the back end of the first round, I would have said, okay, that's a good value. Man, the Giants just don't get value. Last year was a great quarterback class, arguably the best one we'd had in a decade. And the Giants said, we'll take a running back. This year, it was a great pass rushing class, probably the best in 10 years. Giants had one of the best ones fall to them at six and said, eh, you know, we're going to get the quarterback. The Giants don't understand the value of the drafts they've been in, and more importantly, they don't seem to have a plan. And when you don't have a plan in the NFL, it's not good. You look at the Giants, they've had the same amount of wins as the Cleveland Browns over the last three years, but at least the Browns, they're aggressive, they have a plan, they have a quarterback, they have a vision. I don't agree with their head coach, but at least I can say the Browns have a plan. The Jets have a plan. Everyone in that division has a plan. And now Washington, who was dealt probably the worst hand you could have been dealt as a franchise last year, losing their franchise quarterback, who they paid a lot of money to, got a gift last night with Dwayne Haskins at 15, who they don't have to pay a lot of money for a couple of years, and that saves them cap-wise. I want you to think about this. If I was to put money on it, who do you think will be the better quarterback moving forward, Dwayne Haskins or Daniel Jones? I do think it's going to be Haskins, even though I think it will be tougher in Washington. But man, for the Giants, it has to be frustrating. And I feel the frustration of their fans. And it isn't that they just picked Daniel Jones. It's the fact that they don't have a plan. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Make sure to like and follow and subscribe wherever you are listening, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Spreaker, and, of course, Apple and iTunes Podcasts. Make sure to follow us. I'm going to do a draft recap when the draft is over, looking at every single team, and, of course, doing a special on the Giants and the New York being in that area. So make sure you follow that once the draft process is over. This is, of course, my favorite time of year. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, make sure to reach out to us, richsportstalk at gmail.com. And, of course, on our social media platforms using the handle at Rich Sports Talk. Until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.